0: Welcome to the New Age Sage podcast. Today's guest is John Weinland. He is a speaker and teacher leading men and women in the practices of embodied masculine leadership, spiritual intimacy, and sexual polarity. John said a couple of things in this podcast that truly blew my mind. If you're a man especially, this will teach you how to not only handle women, but how to be good at attracting them to and holding their love. I hope you enjoy it so much. Please leave a review if you do. Thank you so much. Enjoy. John, I wanted to begin with breath, the role ble- breath plays in, in masculinity especially, right? Like what's the difference in, in a masculine essence for a man who breathes shallowly, which most, most of us do, like like little mouth breathing throughout the day, or someone who has, I can notice in you, like a deep um, belly breath. Like how does that affect our,
1: our ability to be men? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll zoom out a little bit, right? Like, so so my argument, my belief is that masculinity is a transmission of depth, right? And even more so, it's a transmission of depth of presence or depth of consciousness. And the role that breath has played in consciousness, you know, for tens of thousands of years, you know, has been pretty evident to the yogis and the mystics and, you know, martial artists, right? They're all, they're all breathers. And um, so when somebody breathes, and this could be true of man, woman, other, right? Um, when you're breathing deeper and you're um, sort of touching that depth, I mean, literally, if you breathe, if you breathe into your lower abdomen, you're breathing into the deepest part of your body, you're breathing into the center Of your body, and when you're touching that, you're activating that that space of depth. So people will literally feel you. I would argue in a deeper masculine way of being because you're activating your own depth. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of sounds sort of simple, but if if all we do is take you know three minutes of breath, or even a minute of breath, you know, we can feel ourselves deepen into a space. And so if you want to transmit some, if you want to transmit masculinity, which again, any human can do, it's really about touching depth and touching the depth of consciousness and presence that's at the core of us.
0: Why is that? Why is touching depth masculine?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, these are somewhat arbitrary, right? These are somewhat um, based on, on how people have observed the natural world, right? So when we talk about masculine and feminine energies, right, we're really talking about a reflection of the natural world. So if we think that the, the, the masculine is, um, the part of the natural world that's spacious, that's still, that's, um, uh, let's call it, you know, deep like a black hole right when we look at the things in the natural world that are still and deep and spacious we feel the masculine we feel what people call the masculine
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know the they don't say you know you are my swaying bamboo when they're talking about still you know solidity they're talking about you are my rock right so for some reason, and who knows why, right? I mean, who knows why we started to, you know, label things this way or feel things this way. My thinking is, is that, um, that we all have a, an essence, right? We're all, I wrote about this in my book. We're all on a spectrum from, you know, uber masculine to uber feminine, like super dense, still, you know, spacious, connected to consciousness on one side of the spectrum and super expansive, light, energetic on the other side of the spectrum. And so if you, the more expansive, energetic, into movement you know somebody is the more they will be felt as that as as feminine it tends to be that most women not all but most women tend to identify more on that side of the spectrum and that most men tend to identify on the other side of the spectrum so maybe that's why these you know i guess you could call them somewhat arbitrary but i think valid in most most ways um uh, applications of that word sort of came in. If you break down the universe into its smallest component, which, you know, is an atom, or I guess you could go even farther, but I'm not a physicist, but let's just start with an atom. An atom is basically empty space and energy, right? All us, this couch wood, like the whole world is made up of basically empty space and energy. And so the more, the more, um drawn to the empty spacious kind of way of being a person is the more they're said to be masculine and the more drawn to the energetic expressive state of being, the more they're felt as feminine. So again, you know, I, I suppose, you know, I, I like to think of this framework as something that you can try on if it's useful for you. A lot of people don't want to have any attachment to any label and that's totally understandable, but I think from a from an embodiment perspective, from a practice perspective, from let's say a tantric or a yogic or a meditative perspective, um, we can choose which element we want to live in or play in, right? You know, there's a reason why most of the meditative practices throughout time were created by men and included breath, stillness, silence, spaciousness, touching the great infinite consciousness, you know, the awareness behind our awareness. I'm not sure how much, you know, meditation you do, but when you think about meditation, you touch, you can go either direction. You could either touch stillness, spaciousness, and consciousness. Most men are drawn to that, Mm -hmm. right? And if you meditate, using sacred dance or, you know, oftentimes gospel or, you know, any number of kind of movement oriented prayer or devotional practices. Those are often sort of considered more along the feminine form and they were oftentimes created by women. So, so, you know, it just kind of has played out that way. And we have, um, I think there's a new technology that my teacher kind of created, even though it's ancient. He kind of recreated it and repackaged it to talk about consciously choosing our masculine and feminine essences to play in because it tends to evoke spark in connection. It tends to evoke sexual polarity.
0: Yeah. In in my experience, the more I integrated my feminine side, the more I actually found stronger masculinity. That sounds counterintuitive, Mm -hmm. but... Most days, m- most men to find their masculinity nowadays are just doing the manly shit. They're mm-hmm. like just working hard, mm-hmm. just being abrasive and just mm-hmm. being, you know, a little sexist. And that's like the <laughs> popular way to be. Yeah. In my experience, the more I actually gain t- touch with my feminine side, the more that creates space for my, my masculinity. Why is that? How yeah. can that be? How can a man getting in touch with his feminine side, and integrating it, yeah. cause a, a healthier masculinity?
1: Well, I think the key is healthier. You know what I mean? Like we're all whole human beings, no matter how far along, let's call it the masculine spectrum somebody is, they still feel, they still have emotion, they still have sensation, they still have all of those things that are are the feminine, right? So if I was just going to super simplify this, the part of us that is unchanging, the part of us that is consciousness itself, part of us that is, you know, the emptiness of space, right? Uh, that is our masculine. And the part of us that is always changing, that is always moving, that is always expressing, right? Is our feminine. Ultimately, for wholeness, we want integration of both, right? We, we want to be able, we want to be, uh, com- we want to be uber aware, like uber connected to consciousness and awareness, but we also want to be uber sensitive and able to feel and able to express. And so what I think happens is when, when good men's practice includes becoming more sensitive and expressive, it just allows a deeper integration, right? Where a lot of guys will, will, um, I think go wrong is they will try to, you know, focus on being kind of rigid or stoic or, you know what I mean? And that's great. Um, if they are, you know, in a cave or living on their own or don't like need to, you know, uh, uh, relate with feminine beings, but any feminine being is just going to be a little bit, is not going to want somebody who has no feeling and no sensitivity and you know what I mean? So it becomes very valuable and attractive to be able to ro- run the whole spectrum, right? From uber sensitive, like I always teach the guys that I work with, you practice feminine practice, which is about pleasure and movement and expression and masculine practice, which is about um, stillness and depth. And like you said, breath,
0: how does this play into sexual polarity? Like what can first, can you explain what the the sexual polarity dance, what that is? And the question I have is that will it ever affect the polarity if a man is is going into feminine practices too much or a woman is getting into masculine practices too much, or how do we do that dance? Yeah, How can we do that dance of balancing these acts but also having polarity? That's like the magic question. Yeah, yeah. I always think about that in my relationships because I can never get the, the, the act right.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it does. I mean, every let's just break it down into moments. Like sexual polarity is something that happens in a moment. It's not this kind of... You know, it's not necessarily, and maybe it, maybe there's a, you know, it's part of your relationship to have a polarized series of moments, but we're talking about a moment, right? So in a moment, one partner, um, decides, right, to amplify their masculine, meaning they'll get deeper. They'll get more still. They'll get more directional. They'll get more, uh, connected to consciousness, right? And the other partner, decides to turn up their femininity, meaning they'll get more, they'll have more sensation, they'll run more pleasure through their body. They'll run, you know, the kind of the experience of love through their body. And, and it's like two magnets, you know, if you think of, you know, if you think of super magnets, as you turn up the power of each pole, that, that magnetism becomes stronger. So If you've got someone who's like deepening into their masculine, you're turning up that pole. And if someone's deepening into their feminine, they're turning up that pole. And then you have a very strong arc of attraction, like two magnets, like that can't, you know, can't break away from each other. And when you've got two people who are kind of that the, the poles are weak; they're kind of neutral. You know, they're kind of in the center of both. You know, kind of feminine and masculine, which is where most of us live mm-hmm. most of the time. It they they get kind of neutralized, like two magnets running rubbing together. If that makes sense.
0: What's a solution to that? Like having, if if we if, we, if what you're saying is true, and we all are in that somewhere in between range. Mm-hmm. What's a solution to not lose a polarity? Is it just to cultivate moments in in time? Yeah, like an hour to be like just get into that. To as a man, just like drop in. Yeah, and allow her to go into her expression. Is it as simple as that? Just creating some space to do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's lots of ways to do it. You can you can get um, you can get skillful in recognizing what a moment needs. And I think I should back up a little bit because I, I, I consider this work, spiritual practice, right? And if we think of the divine, you know, I'm a Buddhist, so I consider, I call it the mystic law, right? The mystic law has both, or, you know, I would even say God has both an unchanging infinite space, right? And then a constantly changing infinite space, right? And you could think of it as energy, And consciousness. You could think of it as, um, you know, death and life. You could think of it as emptiness and fullness. I mean, the polarities exist everywhere. You know, it's not Mm -hmm. like I'm making this shit up. It's like you just look around the universe, but the divine itself has these aspects. And the more that we, you know, play in this kind of, in the, in the polarity, the more we're amplifying the, the duality of the one like yin and yang, like yin and yin and yang is not necessarily just one thing. It's, it's one circle that's broken up into two separate parts. And so we think about polarity practice as a way of the dance of the divine, you know, of the great she and the great he, you know, then it, it deepens the experience. It's less about just creating magnetism, which is great. It's hot. It's beautiful. It's fun. But you're really talking about, you know, The goddess, you know, Shiva and Shakti, you're talking about a deeper sort of dance that's been going on since the beginning of time. So if you want to create more polarity, you take, you know, you create space. For that to happen like you know you could have a date like my partner and i will you know she works i work she's you know busy and directional and building stuff and i'm busy and directional and building stuff she has to be in her masculine i have to be in my feminine but let's say at six o'clock we're like okay we're going to come together right she is going to bring her deepest feminine practice and i'm going to bring my deepest masculine practice and when we do that those dates are really beautiful so consciousness, like deciding, like we're going to like be artful in the way that artful and sacred in the way that we practice love. But during the course of the day, you know, I might feel that a moment needs my masculine or my feminine more, right? A moment might need me to be more vulnerable and expressive so that love is, love is liberated, right? Or a moment might need me to be more still and hold space for something she's going through, right? And and part of good masculine leadership, and I write about this a lot, is is having the capacity to recognize those moments and then bring the skill set. Yeah, you know,
0: one thing I'm curious about your take on, I've been thinking about, is that in this work, for men, there's a lot of pressure in saying that the masculine has to always have it right. Like you always yeah. have to be yeah. um Leading in the right way, you always have to be. Yeah. Like, not, David Data says. I mean, I, I respect it, but it's yeah. like um, never let the you know woman's ways or emotions ever affect your, your stillness or your, yeah. your yeah. Uh, temperament. Yeah. And yeah. to me, it's like how true is that? Like how how rigid does it have to be? Like what's the line there? Yeah. Like is it yeah. is it true that men have to always be that that rock and always be that that like what's that line? What's well, I line think there? I
1: think that I think that chapter gets a little misinterpreted. Okay. But 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 you know, I think what he's saying is never let her storms. Shake your core, okay. right? Like, so no matter what she's doing or what the world's doing or what your children are doing or what you know, other people are doing or what, you know, what you're doing, remember your essence, right? And, 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 and continually return to your essence as a place of grounding. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that you never get emotionally shaken and you never get emotionally disturbed. The difference is, is that Again, think of it as this spectrum, right? So in a moment like you're talking about where my partner's coming at me really hard, right? My job as the masculine partner is to be, is to have structure. Like the masculine is about structure. Like think of the riverbanks. They're the structure for the, for water, right? Or the, you know, the, the banks of an ocean, right? So my job is to have structure and also be in the flow of my own emotion, right? The problem happens is when a man loses all structure or a masculine practitioner in the moment loses all structure and just becomes the flow, just like breaks down and is, you know, kind of loses it. Then he, he becomes less trustable to a feminine partner. And I've seen this in workshops. I've been teaching workshops for, you know, over 10 years now, and I've seen it. It's almost like, you know, if you ask a group of women, like, what's sexier, you know, a man who is, both feeling fully, but maintaining posture and breath and and has a you know a grounded, you know, but you're feeling him. He might be weeping. He might be weeping. He might be moaning. He might be in, in a lot of pain, but he's holding his structure. That is a very trustable man to a, a group of women. Um whereas a man who's totally lost his structure, has lost his shit, is raging. For Mm -hmm. example, like that's in a great example of a guy who's gone so far into his feminine, he's, he's lost all control of his nervous system and his body, right? And that's less trustable. So, so, you know, it's funny to just watch the way that these things play out as truths in, in real time, you know, but, but, but no, of course, feeling is a deep feeling is great masculine practice with structure.
0: The next thing I was going to say is another point in I'm trying to think of stereotypes in the masculine, and feminine. Yeah. I agree with you on all this. Shit. I'm just going yeah, to figure yeah. The, yeah. the nuances is that another stereotype is that like women are just kind of crazy, right? That women are just insane, which to me, I do probably agree with, but it's like yeah, that, yeah. that they're just so emotional and so turbulent. At what point is it too crazy? Like at what point is is a woman, like at what point is it they have they should have some sense of control or some sense of, Right. Of, like, what's the line there? Like, what, how can a woman feel being a feminine correctly where it's not like t- toxic? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Well, okay. So there's a lot to unpack in that. Right. Yeah. But, 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 um, all of us, you know, in our like wildest feminine, right? Yeah. <laughs> We're like crazy like nature. Mm-hmm. Like a storm mm-hmm. is crazy. Like a hurricane is crazy. Like, a, like is a volcano crazy or is a volcano just, a volcano, right? Yeah. That what's crazy would be for a man to stand in the, you know, in the path of the lava coming from the volcano. That would be crazy. But the volcano itself is beautiful, mm-hmm. just like the storm. So, you know, the feminine in all of us are wild feminine hearts, our jealousy jealousy is a great example, right? Mm-hmm. Jealousy or our insecurities, like all those things are perfect and beautiful elements of our own emotional storms. We've all got them. Um, but when a woman, just like a man or any human, right, um, has no control over it like and no awareness over it. She has no, not, she hasn't cultivated her own masculine enough to be aware of now I've crossed the line and now I'm actually, I'm now a tornado destroying things with my words, with my emotions, right? She has no, she has no masculine capacity for awareness in and of herself. This could be true for a man as well. Mm-hmm. Then she's kind of gone too far into the feminine and it's now become a destructive storm versus if you know, we'll do this practice oftentimes where when a woman's feeling that way, like so much emotion and so much sensation, she doesn't quite know what to do with it. Um, we'll say, hey, just take a minute and just like, just be a hot mess, be a volcano, be a da-da-da-da. That's, that's giving a masculine structure to her emotional experience. And then it becomes really beautiful. And then it becomes real. Uh, men will watch that and be like inspired like turned on, heartbroken, you know what I mean? All the things. So we all need to be aware, like dealing in absolutes of masculine and feminine is dangerous, right? I should always be feminine, dangerous. I should always be masculine, dangerous. We're always somewhere flowing. And what we want to do, in my opinion, is to get good at both and have agency. So a woman, for example, to use use your, your example here, who's like, losing her shit she's pissed at you cuz mm-hmm. you didn't show up when you said you would you didn't text her back you didn't you know you didn't you did the things that men will do and and she's having all these sensations you know her capacity to to create a container for her own emotional experience is healthy it's healthy so you know we have to distinguish between the wounded masculine and feminine the healthy masculine and feminine and then the sacred masculine and feminine
0: can you give me an example let's say for people to practice yeah. on either side if either side gets really fucking raged up or angry yeah. or jealous like whenever have an intense emotion with no um boundaries or do they feel that way yeah what's a healthy way of handling it yeah in a in a container of two people what's an yeah. unhealthy way of handling it yeah in that, in that space we're talking about let's use yeah. a rage fit yeah but let's say that one party did something other person in life to deep level and yeah. they, just, they just rage up yeah. what's a healthy way of going about that what's an unhealthy way of going about that
1: yeah well an unhealthy way of going about so let's 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 slow it down for a second and think that the masculine gift is awareness in all of us right awareness like I'm aware I'm about to rage and lose my shit on you <laughs> right Just just having that awareness is the masculine gift in all of us right the emotional experience is the feminine gift you know where it becomes unhealthy is when it's disconnected from the heart. So the real source of of healing and the real source of of uh, even sacredness is the heart. So I can tell you, I've seen women rage at men from a while staying connected to their heart, and men weep. And then I've seen women rage. And just blow it like totally disconnected from their heart, just like eyes, you know, men too, right? Any human just raging like rah. It's like a fire hose, right? So the, there's a, there's a yoga to expressing emotion healthily. And that yoga is heart centeredness and wide versus heart disconnected and blasting, right? When we blast our partners with our unbridled rage or anything, jealousy or any emotion right we're like turning on the fire hose but if we like open if we're if if i'm feeling my heart and i'm feeling my rage then i'm and i'm feeling out while i'm showing you my rage it's a whole different experience it's a whole different experience we just haven't learned like nobody taught us in fact most of our parents taught us the wrong way to express emotion so i would say for that question Learning how to express emotion in a way that your partner can stay connected to is an incredibly powerful and important skill to learn in relationship, man or woman. Lay it out. How do we do that? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so again, like, let's say, let's say I'm pissed at you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I came at you and I was like, ah, right. So I'm blasting you. You could feel it come at you like a thing. Right. But if I if I felt my heart first, if I was could feel like under rage is usually fear, grief, mm-hmm. anger. You know, there's deeper shit. Rage is a habit, oftentimes. But if let's just say say if I, but if I'm enraged and I'm like ah, you feel a difference.
0: I felt your heart vibrations.
1: Y- yeah. Y- yeah, and and probably felt there was a there was a width to mm-hmm. it. Like I'm I'm opening. Yeah,
0: my, felt, I'm, for people listening, it felt. A lot different being in front of you.
1: Yeah, yeah, so a lot different. yeah. Well, one is like a blast of energy. This that that's just um, that I don't have your consent for, yeah. <laughs> you know. And the other is kind of a revealing of of my heart pain. And you know, over time, as we practice this with our partners or or just in life, we can learn to own and express our emotions. Think of it like struct like that's a structure. I'm I'm giving you my wildness within a structure that you can be with versus the first one you're like, you're gonna immediately want to defend. Yep. And if I add words to it, if I'm like, you motherfucker, and I like start, you know, and I'm doing that, I add words to it, then all of a sudden, game on, right? You know, you're coming at me. So, you know, these are a good way to think about these is like yogic practices or, you know, even martial arts skills or meditative practices to learn to let the body direct emotion consciously versus just barfing it up. Yeah. You know?
0: Makes sense. Yeah. I want to switch topics a bit towards, I think one thing right now we're dealing with in society is this, this uh, kind of incel culture or, or men who mm. want to, be good at women or, or get woman mm. and they have no idea how at all. Mm. And it's, I've been there myself. Mm. You know, I, I only learned how to talk to a girl when I was like 20. <laughs> I had no idea before. I kind yeah. of, I, 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 I wasn't overweight unattractive until I was about 16, 17. And then mm. I gained a lot of looks. Yeah. But I still, I was still talking from a, a wounded, bully child. So yeah. I couldn't, I kept pushing girls away. Yeah. It was on 20, 21, I figured it out in my yeah. own way. But yeah. what I'm saying is I, I love to have a conversation for men like that. Because often men will think that, I can only be worthy of females if I get for tall money yeah. status, right? Yeah. It's all this thing here, status, yeah. status, status. Men get a, get a status as a man and you'll get all the girls, right? So I want to go into like one, why is that not correct? And two, what can those men start doing to cultivate an internal yeah. garden? Like what, what attributes can men cultivate internally to attract the feminine?
1: Yeah, yeah. First of all, man, like I would say any man who thinks that, I bet they could pick on, they could name on one hand very quickly, a bunch of guys who are broke and have no status that have lots of women around them. Yeah. Right. And, and so this idea that somehow we need money or we need status in order to, in order to attract the feminine is fucking bullshit. Um, so, or that we need, or, or let's flip it, or that you need to be fucking skinny and beautiful to attract a man. That's bullshit too. Um, what we, what we respond to, what people respond to is value. And this is hard for people to get, right? So I would say to those guys who are, who are lonely, right? And angry is what's valuable? What is really valuable to a feminine being? And I believe, and I've seen this now play out. I mean, I've been leading men's groups for almost 20 years and I've seen this play out, right? What's valuable to a woman is your capacity for what we're talking about here. Your capacity for presence, your capacity to be playful and make art in awkward or painful moments, right? Your capacity to express emotion thoughtfully and consciously, your capacity to lead, to lead a moment, to know time and space, um, your capacity to communicate your truth. And then and then this is this is the hard one, right? Your capacity to be living a life that is magnetic and so you know if you're on the computer half the fucking day is that a life that's magnetic no probably not right if you're gaming you know eight hours a day is that a life that's magnetic probably not maybe some guys get away with it you know um so i would say to those men like what is what would you what would the woman of your dreams consider valuable in terms of traits. Yeah, of course, success is definitely one of those traits. I don't want to undershoot yeah. that. It, it matters, right? But that's a, that's a, that's a byproduct of you creating value in the world. Success is a byproduct of you creating value in the world. So creating a life that you're inspired by, that you're healthy in, that you're balanced in, that you're, you're nourished by, nourished, nourished, nourished by, um, fullness is valuable. Like my heart's full and I've got life force in my body and I'm vital. That's valuable. And, and, and this myth that somehow I need to have all of these, I need to be nice or I need, you see it with the nice guy syndrome too. Like I need to be nice to attract women. That doesn't work either most of the time. (laughs) So, so it's not that is women want a man who creates value in the world. Who can go deep in himself and who has mastery and self control, but can express everything. I can mm-hmm. express my deepest truth. I can express when you piss me off. You know, I can express how heartbroken I was by what you just said. I can express how much I want you. I can express like these things with, with clarity and with, with groundedness. So there's new currencies. these these new currencies and we're feeling them here and i'm sure some of your friends and some of the people who watch this podcast or watch this podcast probably get the currencies of presence play depth um uh integrity clarity like those those are really valuable and and men are getting it um i just don't think anybody in that community that you're talking about the incel community They've never the only message they've ever got is 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 comes from social media, which is mostly bullshit, or, you know, media, which is also mostly bullshit. There's nobody telling them the truth.
0: That's what I wanted to, to add that that why nice guy syndrome doesn't work to me is I, I I've been playing around with this. Uh, I mean, I've been obviously asking the main question mm-hmm. of oh, like, what is divinity? What is, what is God? And um, the answer I keep coming to recently is, is is truth to some degree, is is the truth, is divine in some way. And the more that a man can be in alignment with the truth, both like in his own reality, but also yeah. what he says. Yeah. Like the more I've just said the truth to the woman now, yeah. even if I'm like, hey, you know, I, I'm not nothing not into you or hey, yeah. Yeah. you know, I can't do this seriously. Just literally yeah. just being truthful and not deceitful. Yeah. Has increased attraction, uh, attraction my way. Yeah, um, that's why I think the nice guy syndrome doesn't work. Is it's like they're deceiving to be perceived as nice. Yeah, they're they're not telling the truth. about yeah. what they actually want? Yeah, to be perceived in a certain way. Yeah, is accurate in some way that a man who tells yeah. the truth fully, no matter if they like it or not, is has a higher level of attractiveness.
1: Totally, because you're an integrity. Mm. Right. So integrity with your own heart is a, is a very deep masculine practice. So this is a good distinction between the masculine and feminine. So I'm in integrity in my feminine when I, when I'm feeling what I'm feeling. I'm not pretending I'm feeling something else. I'm not hiding what I'm feeling. So a feminine being or the feminine in you and me is our intuitive knowing you know it's the it's the small voice it's like that you know flutter in our stomach when something's not right it's a like ache in our heart right i'm in integrity with my feeling and with my emotional body i'm in integrity with my feminine when i'm in integrity with my truth right when i'm with my truth the truth of my heart like i'm not that into you or you're fucking spectacular like i would love to get to know you mm-hmm. right just just being able to own the truth um, is a very clear, um, masculine, beautiful masculine trait. But truth, you know, has has different components, right? The truth of feeling or the truth of of awareness. Like you're aware, you're not that into her, right? Um, so so yeah, I think that I think that um I like to think of it as a matter of integrity right. Then integrity is knowing as a man in particular is knowing the truth of your heart, but this is just as true for a woman and an integrity of, of, of knowing, you know, of being connected with what you feel. That's mm-hmm. also integrity.
0: Yeah. I also think a popular thing nowadays is to seduce from a place of not integrity mm. um, yeah. to play games. It's a common thing where right? people like in my age, when I'm yeah. dating girls, I can just see like playing a lot of games and I end up not being with them, but it's yeah. out of some kind of fear or needing um, validation. So yeah. how do you subdue someone or maybe just the wrong word. How do you, how can we in this day and age not play games yeah. and get the people we desire and actually have game in some yeah. way?
1: Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> have game. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember this book that came out for women that was circulating a few years ago called the rules. I don't know if it's still a thing. Right. But it was like all these rules for women that was, that when I read through them, a couple of them were cool, but most of them were like game playing. Yeah. Like, you know, don't, don't reach out, you know, for three days or whatever that fucking shit is. Yeah. You know, and, and I think again, I think game for me is kind of everything that I just talked about. Like game involves having, uh, like a life that you're inspired by doesn't necessarily mean money, but it means you know what you're going to do in the world to create value right? Or you, you, you know what you're doing a life that feels good. Like that's the first aspect of game. Um, the second aspect, which, which takes time to learn sometimes when you're your age, right? Like, I don't know how long it took you to like figure out like, oh, I want to talk to people and like create value through a podcast or, you know, an offering. So that's very attractive. But the other thing we just talked about, which is like own your desire, right? Like I, I will tell guys oftentimes, like oftentimes men will come to me after a few bad relationships and they'll be like, what do I do? I can't seem to figure this shit out. And, and I'll say, okay, take a break for six months, no dating, no mm-hmm. flirting, no trying to get eye contact with the woman at Starbucks. No, like, you know, no friends with benefits where you, maybe we're going to fuck, maybe we're not like go completely offline and really discover who you are and what you're here to do in the world and start to create that <clears throat> then after they do that there's like this period of owning their desire like you see a woman you love or you see a woman you're attracted to just be like hey you're really attractive i'd love to get to know you is that possible there's no collapse no deflection no like nagging <laughs> you know none of that shit. um and uh and that Every time I see somebody do that, or every time I've done that, I've just been direct. It's always well received, always well received.
0: Where can a man, a lot, a lot of this I think is dependent, is, is sorry, is ref, reflective of a man thinking that his value lies in something outside of him, that his value yeah. lies in the money, yeah. the amount of followers, yeah. the Mercedes, yeah. uh, the amount of girls he gets. Where does a man derive value from? A healthy, where does a healthy masculine derive value from? Yeah. Hey there, I'm going to give you a break to digest all of this amazing information. And in this break, if you like what you're listening to, please rate and review the podcast. Thank you.
1: You could call it self-esteem, but that's not even giving it enough, enough um, value. It's really more of a self-knowing. Like If I know that at my core, I am expanded, uh, immense consciousness. Right. That nothing anybody says or, or does is going to, can pierce that truth that, that at my core, you call it your soul, you call it your essence, you could call it, I like to call it consciousness, right? Um, the more, and this was to David's point, right? You mentioned David Data. Um, one of the great things that he taught me was that, being able to tether to the the depth of who you are um, regardless of failure, regardless of attack, regardless of any of that <clears throat> is the, the greatest thing that you can do as a man, right? As a masculine practitioner. And so the opposite would be for the feminine to tether to love, right? And the feminine, this feminine, all of us, right? So for a woman to be, Unbreakable. Let's call it unshakable. She has to be so tethered to love that what other people do doesn't matter. She has to be, there's a universal flow of love, just like there's a universal expanse of consciousness. And the more we practice being attuned to those things, the less, um, breakable, fuck we are because we can always return back to that space of, look, I'm love. He might not love me, but I'm love and I'm just going to keep giving who I am. And for a man, it would be like, I am consciousness itself. And I'm just going to keep giving my consciousness to the world. And eventually something's going to line up in front of me.
0: Let's try and unpack that a bit for so us. Let's say you're a guy who has, you know, lower middle class, mm-hmm. you work, uh, maybe blue collar or you know your waiter somewhere mm-hmm. um yeah good you you've got a good life for you you feel yeah. good about yourself yeah but then those thoughts come in of you know i don't have the money The social media stuff mm-hmm. for a man like that like how can he cultivate that where, where does he go back to in his mind how can he cultivate yeah. that belief system of like i am consciousness i am this how can he how can he f- Come from that place yeah. when everything outside of him is telling him to not do that. Yeah. That's and, hold, great, and
1: hold that in yeah, him. That's a great question, man. And a lot of guys, you know, and I was certainly there for most of my, you know, most of my life and a lot of my 20s. Um, the answer is train your awareness. Train what you train your mind to focus on the things. So that guy you're talking about who's a waiter, da da da, he's probably got great friends.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He probably gets to spend time out in nature that he loves. He probably gets, you know, maybe he's got a car he likes and he's fixed up, you know, maybe he's got, you know, all these things in his life that he can focus on and really appreciate, right? You know, there's lots of people in Gaza <laughs> that do not have those things yeah. or anywhere, but, you know, pick a spot. And, and so training my awareness to not focus on what I don't have, right? I mean, you know, we've heard this forever, right? You focus on lack, you get more lack right you focus on like for the guys who are in cells right focusing on how fucked up women are and how they're not you know giving you the attention you desire is just going to recreate that experience in your life so again the masculine gift is awareness and what the the way i can i can give that gift to myself is i can train myself to put my awareness on where what makes me feel good what makes me feel strong what makes me feel alive and so And this, anybody can practice this. Anybody can be, all right, this is what I'm not happy with. This is what I am happy with. I'm going to focus on what I'm happy with. And I'm going to create a plan, you know, to improve over here. 10%, 15% of my focus will go on improving this. 85% of my focus is going to be on what's beautiful. what What's amazing. What's, um, you know, and I could do this living in a fucking slum. I could, now it's easy for me to say there's a lot of privilege. I've got a lot of privilege, right? But I've also spent, you know, a third of my life in a hospital with my dying daughter. So, you know, I I have some experience in this, that you can be anywhere and you can feel the expanse of the ocean. You can be anywhere and you can meditate on the depth of a forest. You can be anywhere and you can feel the universe expanding through your thoughts, right? By just training your awareness. And that sense of freedom is is very valuable. And any man can cultivate that no matter what his um, circumstances are.
0: Take me back there to that moment in, in the house when you're doing those, those yeah. years. Yeah. How did you cultivate that practice? How did that forge you into having that skill? Like, How did you cultivate any sense of peace and love yeah. in that harsh moment?
1: Yeah, well, there were two, two things I did a lot of, right? The first is a Buddhist practice. It's it's called Tonglin. And in Tonglin, you actually breathe in what's real, what's right in front of you, what's happening, even if it sucks. Mm. And then you expand as, right? So I would do a breath practice where I would be walking through the halls of the hospital, lots of suffering, my daughter in pain, me stressed out, no sleep, fucking sounds going off everywhere. It's not pleasant. (laughs) And I would walk through the halls of the hospital and I would just breathe in Right through the center of my chest, all of the sick kids, all the people suffering, all of my daughter's pain, all of the experience that was right in front of me. Like I wasn't like hiding from it. I like lifted my chest. I took deep breaths. I breathed it in. And as I breathed it in, I imagined my chest to be like a big, wide open sky. Right. So all of that suffering. Was living in this big wide open sky of consciousness. And then as I exhaled, I just exhaled open as that experience. And, you know, so I would do that practice all the time, walking through the halls, sitting in my daughter's room, you know, her and I would meditate together. So that's one thing I did. And it was a breath practice that was very active and activating. The other thing I would do is what I just kind of told you. I would, I would, her and I would always focus on the best case scenario so she would be in the hospital things would be looking shitty and we'd be like okay let's do a best case scenario thing and we would write out okay i get out of here in 2 weeks um we're going to go to hawaii and swim with dolphins uh da, 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 da. you know we're going to have a great thanksgiving we're going to have a great christmas i'm going to get out of here in this time and, da, 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 and her and i would just narrate we would train our awareness to go on poss- what's possible that's the best case scenario and i can't tell you how many times those scenarios played out man You know, it was, it was fucking magic, really, you know, and I'm, I'm a huge believer in that kind of training. And then the third thing I would do is I learned to meditate really deeply. I learned to, um, I learned to go inward and feel two things. Um, the great, the meditation that I really practiced a lot was to turn my awareness inward and see where I begin and where I end. And when you do that, you realize that the inner you, has neither a beginning or an end. It's just this sort of inner universe of oh, who knows what the fuck it is. Soul <laughs> consciousness. Who knows? And I would just, I would just feel into my essence. And then without changing that, I would feel out to everything else. So I'd feel in, I'd feel out. Um, David Data's got a great chapter on that in a book called Blue Truth. For anybody that wants to read up on it, it's called Feel In, Feel Out. And I I learned those practices to survive and you know and thrive. And my daughter thrived. Yeah. My daughter became a you know a world renowned TED speaker and started foundations and was teen of the year and you know was a very she thrived too. So these things change our destiny. You know, and that's what I'll say to people who, uh, why would I do this? Why would I, because it fucking changes how you are, how you train yourself to be changes the direction of your life.
0: Yeah. I can relate not to losing a daughter, but about a year and a half ago, I was in that situation. My mom in the hospital Mm. um, died, unfortunately as well, but Mm, it was um, this, I can see how hospitals are the easiest place to lose your mind. Right. Just all the, people suffering all the yeah. noises and shit and I, yeah. I did the same thing i actually had the most psychedelic experiences from the hospital i leave the hospital because my heart was so open i did that practice yeah. Yeah. i start seeing things vibrating with love and this weird wow. this weird thing what yeah. we're getting at is that the next part of what i want to hear you talk about is that when she passed away yeah. thank god i learned this at, this, at that age yeah. like a year and a half ago i i learned how to be present in my heartbreak mm. i learned how to not resist it how mm. to not yeah Cause me, I used to be a drug addict, right? So this happened to me at twenty-one. Yeah, I'd have gone straight forward the Xanax I used to love, and that for yeah. all and alcohol. Yeah, and in that that presence in my heartbreak, for something sounds fucked up and weird. My my partner at the time was even more attracted to me. So mm. There's like this deep respect and attraction yeah. for me being still and present with my heartbreak. Yeah, Th- did you manage to do that when you when that happened? How did you not? lose yourself with your center could you stay present in your heartbreak yeah. and what's the? why is it important for men to do to learn how to be present in, yeah. that, in that internal destruction
1: yeah well kind of like we talked about earlier like you know our capacity to both be with immense feeling and this is true for sex too like immense desire immense sexual energy immense emotion immense grief immense to, to be with that and stay open you know like open uh Heart open, heart connected is incredibly attractive, incredibly attractive. And, um, is, for women too, it's, it's just attractive human quality because we're, we're an integrated, we're integrated in our feeling. Um, so yeah, when, when Claire died, I spent a lot of time. I created a lot of space in the mornings where I didn't work. At all. I just grieved. Hmm. And so I would literally take two hours. I'd look at her picture. I'd put on music. I'd write some things. You know, I'd share my grieving process a little bit publicly. And I would just be in this space of like, of absolute devastation. And, and, and I was there for a good three to six months of just being devastated. You know, and I made some mistakes. I, I got into a relationship. I shouldn't. I, I went, I threw myself into work a little bit more than I should have. My business doubled, you know, and, um, but, but I was able to really, um, practice being with what's true. Right. And the greatest, I think, spiritual practice that we can do, any of us, is to be fully present with what's real, what's happening right in front of us and, stay open, you know, this openness piece, right? Like, you know, open through rage, open through grief, open through like deep sexual desire, like being open. If there's anything that anybody takes from this podcast, it's practice openness. And and that, yeah, that that's a key. Uh, I was just
0: talking to my podcast, Bruce, about this before he came in is that, you know, like fuck all the, the beads, the ayahuasca, the mushrooms, <laughs> like the real ceremony, the real spiritual practices, can you accept what is? Yeah. Can you accept reality? Yeah. Can you accept all your shortcomings? Can you accept all your shit? Can you accept your shadow? Can you accept everything in this moment? Mm. That's a ceremony, right? Totally. Like, until we get yeah. there, it's, it's just, we're kind of living a lie. We're in deception. We're avoiding the truth.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And, you know, back to this thing of what's attractive and what's valuable to a partner. This is true for all humans. Someone who can be in that space is just stable, even if they're going through shit. Someone who can be with what's real has a stability to them that is magnetic.
0: In terms of your, the way you connect with your daughter, how do you understand where she is now? Are you the kind of person where you're like she lives? Like my dad isn't as much spiritual as I am. She's like, she lives in my heart, right? Like she like she lives in my heart and the way she kind of made me realize love and she uh, operates through me. And then I kind of believe in the uh, astral way of being. Where are you at with that now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of of all the above, you know what I mean? Like, you know, she's, I can, you know, she's, I happen to believe that her spirit has, is with the cosmos, right? Mm -hmm. However, when I go to Hawaii, I feel her a lot. And that was one of her favorite places. So her, both her mom and I, her mom was on Maui. I was on Kauai a couple of years ago. We were like, are you feeling Claire? Like I'm feeling Claire. (laughs) And so who the fuck knows, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but I, I just, I feel her free. I feel her free. And, and so I have, you know, it's taken me a few years, but I have a lot of peace. And, you know, this could be applied to people who've lost, you know, who've had relationships end, people you didn't want to leave, leave. Um, you know, like letting them be free is a huge, beautiful practice. And I think that that helps, you know, create peace in my heart.
0: Since you have some, you know, healing power, I believe I do to some extent. When my mom was dying, there was this part of me being like, "What? Well, how can I heal her? How can I stop this thing from happening? What can I do with her energetically? All this shit, I couldn't do anything. I felt her spirit. I was like I got out of this shit. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, out.' You know, yeah. and I couldn't do anything. Do yeah. so you have a similar experience? For like, where you kind of going through? What can I do? Because you must know people who can heal. Like, what can I do to stop this? but yeah. you knew deep down, like, yeah. this is out of my control. This is destiny in, yeah. in, in some fucked up way. Yeah, how do you manage that?
1: Well, I, I I failed at it for a while, man. I mean, when she was young, I, I definitely was trying to bring every possible modality because CF is a you know an ultimately fatal, pretty brutal disease. And um, I tried to bring you know I had mushroom protocols, not magic mushrooms, but like reishi and all kinds of other. I was like feeding her everything I could. We'd go gluten free. We did you know we I mean, we try everything and. And eventually I just realized it was way too much to, it was my fear of losing her that was driving that desire, not my acceptance of what is, right? Now, it doesn't mean, you know, she can't eat healthy. It doesn't mean we can't cook well. It doesn't mean we can't take vitamins, but, but it was what was driving it was my fear. And so again, back to this place of good masculine practice, and I think just good human practice is when we're aware of what's driving our impulses. You know, lots of our impulses come from fear, come from pattern, come from wound, and having the awareness to go like, oh, that's a wound move right there. That's a wound reaction. That's a wound pattern. That's not me accepting what is and then deciding what I want to create from there. That's a big difference. Like, all right, here's what is, like hospital, like here's we're in the hospital. It's gonna be a couple of weeks. All right, here's what is. What do I want to create with her from there? And this could be just as true in somebody's relationship or for a guy who's working, who's waiting tables. You know what I mean? Like, all right, here's what it is. I'm working hard. I'm waiting tables. What do I want to create from here?
0: Yeah. You are someone who, you know, all the notes I've written down Who possesses a lot of wisdom and and has a lot of things I respect. I've actually learned from a lot. However, in this kind of space, it can be presented that we don't have our own shit, right? That we don't have our own Mm -hmm. shortcomings. Mm -hmm. what, What are some of the, shortcomings you have to deal with in yourself oh, yeah. that have have kind of given you this wisdom right because i do believe like the, yeah. what i know the, know the most about is what i've had to learn through life
1: yeah yeah
0: so what are some of those shortcomings that people may not, well, long, not know long list
1: brother how long you got <laughs> kind
0: of, which ones have, have kind of taught you the most you know or keep yeah. teaching you
1: yeah um well i've, I've also you know I, I i was sober for many years 26 years so i had addiction hmm. a lot of addiction issues when i was young when i was in my 20s and um and so that was part of it, you know, like I've always, I come from, you know, strong drinking Irish, you know, Scotch Irish, you know, so I've, I've got, I've got addiction, that addiction demon in my system. I always have to be aware of that. Um, the other one, uh, that I think is pernicious and really big in men, even men who are very successful, even men who are in, you know, long-term relationships, even men who are coaches and stuff, the thing that we all fight, is reactivity, is reactivity. And so being able to stay in equanimity, which is just like to stay grounded and calm in the face of storm or to stay playful or to stay vulnerable or to just like, just to master our reactivity. That I think is the great, that's been one of the great lessons of my life. And one of the things has took me much, much longer than I care to admit to get better at, to get good at. Um, and so now I feel like, you know, I can still, I'm, I can still be hot headed, but I, it's just so much more artful and so much more directed. So I think reactivity is the big one for me of, of like being able to allow people to be who they're going to be your life to be, who they're going to be right without, you know, without, you know, getting angry or gripping or, or dropping into fear.
0: What's the main external situation that causes the most reactivity in you? Mm.
1: Yeah. Someone I love, you know, uh, a perceived criticism or attack, you Mm. know, that's, that's, that's the big one I think for most people, especially men. Um, And so like learning how to be a yes to that. You know, I talk about this a lot in the book where I'm, I'm like, okay, like what, you know, take what she's giving you. And first thing ask is where is she right? like, Where is what she's seeing right? Where is what, it's just a way of making whatever's happening right, right? She wouldn't be bringing this up if there wasn't something for me to look at. She wouldn't be bringing this up if there wasn't something that was painful for her. And so the moment I could start to reframe feedback from the world, not just from a lover, but from friends and from business, for example, you know what I mean? Um, feedback from the world is, is if I could start to frame that as the world kind of working with me, that really, really helped me be sort of just relax, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm here. Like all this is, I'm kind of, I'm very human and very fucked up in my own ways. And, um, and, you know, the world's trying to help me.
0: Why is that in, in men? especially i have the same thing mm-hmm. like uh, recently i was seeing someone not anymore but i was like showing her a, a, something like a quote i wrote to post mm-hmm. yeah. i was like like a little kid being like to my to my mom being yeah, oh, yeah. like Is this pain in good mom and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah she looked at it and she was like no it's kind of shitty uh, um and i was like yeah. I just because i take so much pride in, in that part of what i do yeah i just immediately just like yeah know, just I'm, like what the fuck just kind of yeah. lashed out yeah. um and i think men have the experience too when women will try and like nitpick their man and they'll be yeah. like, oh, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. Why, why do we have that? Why do we have it in us? So just kind of just like, oh, holy damn
1: I don't know. And, what, and a, what,
0: yeah. another layer, at what point is it not okay? Yeah. At what point, like what's the way of a woman doing it? That's cool and like, and like acceptable. And what's the one that's like, we shouldn't accept.
1: Yeah. That's a good, you know, um, again, if you're feeling, so any, any feedback or even criticism or complaint, right. That's got heart like li- when I say heart, I mean literally feeling your heart before you open your fucking mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, all right. I'm charged about this. Let's say I'm your woman. I'm charged about this. I'm going to at least feel my heart and feel what's there before I open my mouth. Right. And so where I think it's, it's, it starts to become destructive is when there's no self awareness, right? When there's no self awareness, self awareness is. The key to all spiritual growth, all personal growth, all relational growth, man or woman or any, however you identify. So if this person is, is giving you shit and, and they have no self awareness about why it bothers them or is it something, is it an old wound that's just getting projected on you or are they projecting on you or are they gaslighting you or are they making your experience wrong? If they have no awareness about that, that's a no go for me. No go for me. But if someone says, like, okay, I'm really fucking charged about this, I'm so, I'm really upset about this, and it's probably not anything you're doing, but wow, I'm like, what you just said hurt. Wow, that hurt. Oh, ah, ah, that hurt, right? Now I'm responsible for it. And, and I think that's the key for, for most men. (laughs) I just, so men tend to, um, okay. So let's back up a bit. So the great masculine desire is freedom mm-hmm. and peace, right? What's the opposite of freedom and peace? A partner complaining about some shit you're doing or not doing. It's like immediately like, okay, my peace is shattered because she's on, unha- I thought we were great. I, we, we were just great an hour ago. <laughs> Now there's rain, you know, now there's a storm. Now I'm not doing it right. Now I'm, you know what I mean? And the immediate, if the immediate masculine reaction is don't fuck with my peace or don't mess with my freedom. Right. And so, you know, that's one reason a lot of men, uh, if they weren't raised with a, um, healthy acknowledgement of their gifts, right? then those wounds are going to come out. But a lot of men just get defensive. A lot of men don't want anything to mess with their piece, mm-hmm. whatever that's defined as for them, right? Your piece might've been like, I'm going to make a great post. I feel really good. I feel really inspired. But, you know, you kind of felt free in that moment to do your art, right? Mm-hmm. She fucked with it, right? And so anybody that messes with that is going to push a button for men normally. That's what I see. Um, so, but, if, um, she came at it and said something a little more artful, you might've been, you know, or you could have said, why do you, why would you say that? Like, what is it that's off? Like, tell me what's off. And then she said, well, this feels a little this way. And you're like, oh, okay. Well, is she right? The moment you say, is she right? It ha it loses power. Right. It, where's she right? Where, where are they right? Where might I be off on this? Yeah, you know?
0: in that dance, in relationships, I'm, I'm sitting with this too. It's like, so I, I was in a serious relationship where the partner was amazing, was like just naturally light beings, didn't have to do much work, was just naturally mm-hmm. enlightened in a way. Mm-hmm. Other ones where they more, had more depth and they were like super stereotypically spiritual. Yeah. And I experienced both extremes and I don't think either one is correct. And the one I'm about to say, I'm curious your take on is that we have this move nowadays in, in the new age community where it's like every little thing in a relationship has to be a ceremony right like the mm. whole space for like any little trigger mm. this whole thing mm. like what's like it, it like am i on something there? Is, there is there a danger or like a not so good thing there and like what's yeah. the, what's the line of like okay you know when is it the benefit of my other relationship with the past where it was like if i did something out of alignment she was just, like i'm not having it and i'd be like okay i have to fucking figure out myself yeah. um but then there's points where she there was like um there wasn't much sympathy um yeah but another one was like it was, everything was like this massive deal and every little thing I had to hold space and have this 30 minute debriefing session. Yeah, yeah. What's the line there? Like yeah. what's the line in relationships? When does it have to be like a, yeah. a ceremonial relationship of like uh, spiritual practices and masculine, feminine balance? Yeah, yeah. And when is it better just to not yeah. uh, battle the small things?
1: Well, I have a framework and it, my, mine's might be different for than other people, but what I think about, what I think matters most is love. Right. And so, and so, and I'm not just saying being in love or staying in the relationship. I'm talking about l- the flow of love in the moment. So anything that would liberate that would return the disharmony to a sense of love harmony, whether it's just respect or acceptance or compassion or, you know, downright, you know, intimacy because you both got vulnerable. That's where I always want to go to is all right, what in this moment or what in this relationship or what in this part of our relationship needs to happen so that the flow of love happens better? You know, uh, my partner and I had an experience like this yesterday where, you know, we got into a little sticky thing in the morning and she had to work and I had to work. And then we had this little break, you know, it was about a 30 minute break. I didn't have a lot of time, but I I kind of knew like, ah, oh, like, you know, if this doesn't feel right, You know, it means that we we need to clear this. And so we had a 15 minute, really beautiful little 15 minute conversation where we both got vulnerable. where We both got honest, where we both reflected. And then at the end of it, love flowed beautifully, right? So I always default to what's going to create, what's going to liberate love, what's going to create love. And I believe that I've said this publicly, I believe that that is the masculine gift, Right, is to help lead things into the flow of love. Now, of course, women can do it too. Of course, any human can do it. But I just—it's I, I, a message I want to keep giving to men. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if shit is sticky, be the first. Like, be the first to say, "Hey, this feels wrong. Let's like tell me, tell me what do you need to say so that you can let this go. Right? What do you need to hear so that you can let this go? And I and I always want to keep telling men to lead that way.
0: That's such a good point. I think when I haven't been as good of a man where I think some men do it too is I'll like pout and sit there like kind of like, yeah. uh, in the energy of like, what the fuck, when she does something that um, it's not in line with me, I kind of pout yeah. and be stuff And it's cause I have pride, right? I want her to be the one to correct things, but it feels much better when, um, when they're the one to, to correct things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, most people don't know how to do that. You know what I mean? Like most people, most humans do not know, unless you had really healthy parents who had a really healthy way of communicating and really healthy love exchange, you weren't modeled that, you know, I certainly wasn't, you know, coming from multiple divorces. So most, most humans have no idea how to actually return, how to repair, how to return to equilibrium. So I, 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 that's why I like to tell men like model it. Like lead it, like be the one to own, like, you know, here's where you're right, baby. Like I was unconscious there. I was reactive or I was being childish. You're right. Like that was kind of childish in me. I'm so sorry. Right. Or I I dropped that one. I'm so sorry. Right. And when you do that, just a little pro tip guys, when you do that, then if something doesn't feel right, you can say like, but you know what? That doesn't feel like mine. Mm -hmm. And it's more trustable because you've already owned what's yours. Yeah. So, you know, I, I I my message to people all the time I work with a lot of men and women is like go first. Just be the first one to like step up and go like you know what? Like how can we fix this baby? What do you need? The fucking magic question. Yeah. What do you need baby? What do you need? Like what do you need from me so you feel good? So we can we can you know. I need space. Don't talk yeah. to me. Okay. <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. And your solution you mentioned come back to love. You know, what is love to you? Cuz I think People will hit their wife and and, feel, and they'll say like you know it's a bad example but love can cause a lot of bad things right like mm-hmm. it's not love but like the, the the being in a relationship or being in a dynamic of like heat can sometimes be perceived as love and you'll yeah. like get into fights and like toxic yeah. love yeah so what is love to you when you see coming back to that place of of, of love what is that and how does it differ from the love that can cause yeah some negative things sometimes
1: yeah um, well it's easier to talk about what love isn't right yeah. love isn't codependency love isn't ownership, love isn't, um, uh, you know, controlling others. Uh, love isn't, love isn't closure. I mean, think of it in the body, right? So we could, you could talk about open heartedness as a way to experience love. Like I'm just going to be open hearted, right? But love is a verb, you know, love is an action, Love is, it's, 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 it's not a noun when it's in the human form, right? When it's in the human body. Love happens through the body. So to make your body an expression of love and consciousness is the, the ongoing everyday moment by moment practice. There's no history in that. Love isn't history, right? Vulnerability might have history. Right and vulnerability can be vulnerability is a kind of openness. So I like to think of love as openness, and I like to think of love as a timeless experience of openness, connection, right? That has no history to it, Uh, and and anything that helps us return to that space is valuable.
0: Good answer. I wanted to hit one last chunk of topic out of my own curiosity, for my own life. Yeah, is um. You know, you've worked a lot of groups women, you know, women well. What are things you can universally say women find unattractive? What are, Men find you know, unattractive. What are qualities in a man that are like universally, for yeah. the most part, obviously things are hard to generalize, but yeah. what are things for the most part that you can pinpoint and say, women find this unattractive?
1: Um, yeah, yeah. Cowardice. Like not being able to speak your truth or not being able to, to stand up to her, right? In some when, when appropriate. Um, not being able to, uh, like step into the world in the way you want to because you're afraid. So cowardice is is very uh, hard, you know. And oftentimes they'll they'll try to cover it up by caring <laughs> and caretaking, but ultimately that that is a a, a libido killer. <laughs> um, uh, lack of self mastery, right? Like, so if I can't even control how many hours a day I'm gaming or how many, t- how many hours a day I'm on social media, if I have no control over what I know is good for me, that will be unattractive. Um, reactivity, not, again, not being able to master my own emotions or have some sense of mastery over my being, that's unattractive. Um, uh, you mentioned nice guyism like like but again that falls into like lack of owning a truth right lack of communicating a truth um and then uh uh, this is a common one uh men who live in this state of burden right like they're always so busy and life is always so burdening to them and they don't Hmm. they aren't nourished right so malnourishment like guys who can't go out and go out into nature you know we talked about you know, about going to hawaii right like getting filled up and like getting yourself nourished and full that is unattractive
0: the, 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 I, the I can't catch a break kind of guy i can't catch a break everybody wants something from me yeah. everything's
1: like you know yeah. I mean? everybody's like on me and da, 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 da. like you know it's kind of like this again you're fucking with my peace
0: yeah.
1: and 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 so that they find that unattractive and i think the the biggest one that i hear all the time is living in your head like constantly thinking, 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 thinking. No breath in your body, no ground, no like actually being in the moment, you know, this kind of constant, you know, like thinking about stuff, self referencing, you know, self centeredness. There's no awareness of the space, you know, that's that's very unattractive.
0: Yeah. The common one is explained that most men will, men will talk about or aren't not in the enlightened community, but we'll be, um, I'm trying to see what's accurate is like not, is being non needy. Mm. Is, is that accurate too? Is, is being needy as a man unattractive? Or is that kind of overhyped? No,
1: no, that's, that's way overhyped. Oh shit. Yeah, oh yeah, way overhyped. Like I need you. I, you. I, I
0: believe that. So I don't, yeah. I'm open to not believing that. Yeah. So oh, me, why?
1: absolutely, man. Because well,
0: it doesn't serve me well. So yeah. why, what,
1: yeah. why, why, is, why is it not the biggest deal? It's not the neediness. It's not the need. Like, like what's a need you have? In what sense? In, in a relationship. Like if you're with your partner, like I need her to I need, support okay- my expression. Yeah, sure.
0: Occasionally I like you know words of affirmation.
1: Great. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great. So pr- praise. Yeah. Like to be praised. Yeah. Okay. Good. So feel that need, right? Mm-hmm. Anything wrong with that need? No. Yeah. No. The problem is not the need. The problem is how you collapse around the need, hide it, don't express mm-hmm. it. Or when you express it, it's expressed all kind of, you know, like graspy. Like, like I, I've, when, when a man, it's just like saying it, it falls right in the category of owning a truth. If you need praise, if you're a man who needs, I need physical touch. I also need praise. I actually go to my partner sometime and I'm like, baby, let's do some praise practice. I need some praise. <laughs> yeah. I'll praise her for two minutes. She'll praise me for two minutes. I'll feel great. She's open. I'm open. So it's not the need, just like it's not the emotion or the fear that that repels a feminine partner. It's our closure around it. What
0: about something like um, needing connection? I got, uh, like, if you let's it, say me who's single or a man who's yeah. single and lonely and feeling that, people yeah. will say that. Yeah, you no, know, like this need to be connected will push them away. Is that it, it, also not true?
1: Also not true. It's it's all in the delivery. It's all Again, in the, the
0: example of like bad it, delivery, good delivery. Yeah.
1: Um, well, bad deliveries often don't happen because the body closes and they'll just pretend they're not lonely. Mm. Whereas if you went, if you if you were with a, if if you had a, a, a if you met a woman at a bar. And you just said, you know what? Like, I'm actually, I'm, I've actually been feeling lonely. Like, I'm. This is really, really nice to connect with you. Mm -hmm. Chances are that would soften her heart. That chances are she would find that attractive. Now, if you went and said, you know, come home, you'll be with me forever. Come home with me tonight. Like, you know, like, don't ever leave me. (laughs) That, that, that is bad, needy. But, but the the true deep emotion of even just going to your partner and saying i'm feeling i'm i'm feeling needy tonight i I do that i'm like yeah. baby i'm fucking needy tonight like come sit next <laughs> to me like i'm just gonna hold on to you is that okay yeah also, 99 also times out that, of 100 that, she's worked, fine that
0: worked with jealousy too um where i'd be very like, much because jealous right yeah and, um you yeah. can either go about it as a man repress it yeah and take it out on her in some way leak it out for me i learned just to say like let's say she was talking to some dude, I'd be like, oh, I was kind of jealous tonight in like a playful, charming way. It, yeah. And then yeah. you lose the shame and you own it. It's like a yeah. different vibration versus like swallowing it and being like, yeah. and being yeah. like fucking, you know, aggressive and
1: angry. Well, you mentioned the shame, the shame around need, yeah. the shame around fear, the shame around, um, you know, around grief or loneliness. Uh, that's, it's, it's the shame around the need, which is usually from our parents or upbringing, that's unattractive, not the need. So when we don't, when we express it without shame, just open, like straightforward, like I'm fucking lonely tonight, baby. Like, can you come over? You know, even if she can't, right. It's not, it's not this, it's not the same impact. And I've, and I've tested this now with thousands of women over you know over 10 plus years of 15 years now of doing yeah i'm this having work. the
0: most mind-blown moment in my podcast so far just because like it's <laughs> yeah. a belief i've held for so long that, yeah. would, that like i thought it was true yeah but never really was serving me and yeah. I, I feel shamed about it it's like when men are led to believe that right like non-needness is the way to go then when yeah. you feel you have needs which we all do as human beings yeah. like if you're a man you want to be yeah. nourished or ravished or held yeah and you're like shaming yeah. yourself for that now yeah. I see it all together. I'm like, oh shit. No yeah. wonder I've
1: been fucking feeling this way. So yeah. <laughs> cause the shame. well, and yeah. it's good. It's just good. It's a good catch. Cause, cause cause, um, when you feel shame, your body reacts in ways that sometimes you can't even tell your heart rate speeds up. You kind of tense, you stop breathing, like you close. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so it's the closure that, that turns women off. But if you're open and have an, and express a true need, Many women will consider that super sexy. Yeah.
0: yeah. Let's, let's close with this summary of like yeah. I'm trying to cultivate like you know uh, an enlightened guide for men to not get women but to find women.
1: Uh-huh. So that's
0: what I'm trying to cultivate in, the, in this episode because uh-huh. that's what uh-huh. most men look for. But they'll look at, look at you know bullshit like Andrew yeah. you know, takes stuff and shit like that. Yeah. Which I yeah. respect for him in some ways. Whatever he says isn't yeah. great sometimes. But anyways, so to summarize, like yeah. for for a man, what's that? Playbook. what are like hits that like a man should be doing to call in his his woman. Right? We yeah. talked about yeah. um, owning your needs, yeah. being honest, truthful. What, yeah. what else we throw in there for like a
1: yeah uh, yeah? Well, let them appear. Right? Like live your. I mean, and this this fucks guys up, right? Because we're action oriented, right? I need a plan. That I'm going to get on apps. I'm going to do that kind of thing. Fuck the apps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's. It's, it's, this a dopamine addiction. Um, let them appear like get masterful in your life. And, and this is true for women too. I, I mean, I write this for men and women, you know, cultivate the, the experiences and the ways of being that you feel good in and people will just flock to you. Learn to, I would say, learn to meditate, learn to breathe learn to open your body, you know, learn how to make money. Yeah. Learn how to make money, but you know, don't fucking trip on it. It's not the only thing. Just learn how to do it and get better at it. Um, learn how to have impact in the world. Like create, again, I said it again, it's like create the life and, and do the deep work that you need to do. So you're in integrity with yourself. So for example, let's say you're a kid who was abused. Who is sexually abused or physically abused, right? You're a guy who, or whose dad left. You know what I mean? Do the work on that. Like actually go in and have the balls to do, you know, your own deep inner work and, and heal, right? And so the more in integrity you are with yourself and your life, the more that women will naturally grab it. The women will naturally find you attractive because they can feel that your awareness is trained on the things that it's supposed to be trained on making money, living a life of impact, creating a life. I love dealing with my own demons, right? All those things are really, really attractive.
0: What are some things to to find a a thing? What are some things that they like? No goes
1: like that. I should avoid sort of what? Yeah. Um,
0: In the pursuit of finding their. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, Numbness, numbness, yeah. So anything that just numbs you out for long periods. I mean, look, we all go numb. We all need to check out. That's all good. That's, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll watch Netflix for five hours at a time when I need to, you know, but if I did that, you know, multiple times a week, right? I'm numbing. And so numbness is the great killer of men these days and not be, not having the, the guts to feel what there is to feel Mm -hmm. yeah so numbness in all its forms whether it's gaming whether it's addiction whether it's porn whether it's you know i know some guys who are addicted to apps and just you know pulling women in the apps and they're they're just numb they're just numb rather than feel your desire for the one or feel your loneliness you know have the guts to feel what's there rather than numb out you know
0: well i appreciate it on, on a personal level too just that one point about neediness just completely changed my whole perspective I
1: rarely oh. have those moments
0: of like I haven't had when I was first waking up you know when I had my spiritual awakening I was constantly having those moments of like ooh, idea there and yeah I haven't had in a couple of years a year or two so yeah thank yeah. you just for yeah. that my brains yeah. a little sure. open but uh sure, man. thank you so much man and and even before this I've learned a lot from you thank um and thank you for that it changed my life many ways so thank you and, thank and you.
1: where can people find you and learn more about your stuff yeah come to john I, I I run men's programs I'm doing I do co-ed workshops where we do work on intimate and sacred intimacy and sexual polarity and then I also have a subscription service that I love that's that we've been building for five years it's thousands of hours of content and and hundreds of hours of practice so people can just like do practice couple practices they can do masculine feminine practices there's 30 different kinds of breath practices and so that's that's the virtual workshop and that's John Weinman streaming awesome thank you so much man yeah Yeah. thanks for having me bro
0: of course
1: I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Please make
0: sure to subscribe to the podcast as well as rate and review. Thank you for listening.